Welcome to Petsitter Confessional. Today, we're brought to you by Time to Pet and the National Association of Professional Pet Sitters. What happens when we let our passion fuel us? What happens when we begin to value our experience and let it drive our business? Today, we have Athena Carvelis, owner of Pet Sitting by Athena, on the show to talk about what it means to find our value. She also talks about how we can be better at selling what we believe to potential clients and why thinking outside the box when it comes to partnerships is sometimes just what the doctor ordered. Let's get started. Yes, absolutely. Thanks for having me. So I started with pet care from a very young age. Um, You know, when we were little, we always had dogs coming in and out. We worked with a local rescue in Oakland, New Jersey, um, called Rabari, and we were fostering dogs, cats, puppies, kittens, uh, rabbits, uh, hamsters, squirrels. I mean, you name it, we probably had it in our house. Um, and that was from when I was, you know, five, six, seven years old. Um, and ever since then, I, I knew I wanted to be in pet care, and it never strayed after that. Um, you know, I worked at a kennel. I worked as a dog bather for a few years in high school, or five or six years. Um, and then I was a veterinary technician, um, got my license in that worked in the ER ICU of an animal hospital, um, which was very rewarding. And then I decided, you know what, I'd, I'd, I want to keep helping these families and these animals without taking home the trauma of, of the things you would see in that job. And, um, that's when I hopped on like a bunch of pet sitting apps and started to just watch for random families and, over time, I just decided I, I want to do this myself. I want to, I, I don't want to go through these, these secondary apps. I don't want to be like the third party in these conversations. I want to be the person that they call firsthand and I want to make these relationships myself. And I want it to get as personal as possible. Um, you know, on certain pet sitting apps, you can't exchange phone numbers for security. And I just, how do you invite me into your home for, for 10 days, but you don't know my phone number? I mean, it's very stressful. I feel like for a lot of owners to have that trust. And that's kind of why I wanted to go on the side myself and start my own business so that, I mean, there's no filter with me and and my clients. So, and I love it. I love it in that way. I mean, they, they crack up at our, in the way I am and our relationships. And so it's great. I, I love it. I love yeah. it. Well, and you said a phrase there about you wanted to help families without taking home the trauma. And I think that is incredibly powerful to to understand that you know as as vet techs the vet world like you never really see a pet on their best day to right. you right they're never right. like the most stoked to see you as an individual right and, and right. you still but you still want to help them and you got this passion so you're you're you kind of have this passion and this trauma p- bumping up against one another but as, right. as but as pet sitters you know we still do deal with quite a, a lot of stuff right right but i think like, like, like you said, it was, you know, you never see these animals on a good day versus as a pet sitter, it's very rare to have those bad ones. Um, but having that experience, at least for me personally, having that medical background and having the experience of how to take my emotions out of it and go straight into critical care, um, in that level, it makes it very easy for me to transition to, okay, we're not just running around the yard. Like now he's hurt. What do I do? Um, that sense of panic doesn't come to me anymore because I'm so used to being with critical care patients in the emergency room. And, um, so I'm able to also provide that sense of comfort for families and, you know, they're, you know, I had this, this couple, they went on their honeymoon in Italy for three weeks and I watched their two dogs here in my home. And 
that's a long time. It's almost a month. So God, you know, everything was fine, but God forbid something happened to them. They're across the world. What are they going to do? You know, even if I call them the time difference, like, I don't know what they're doing. I don't want to disturb their honeymoon, especially. So having that level of knowledge, um, going into these bookings, um, not only as, yeah, he looks hurt. Let me bring him to the vet. If there's something standing in between, you know, me and the vet, like the owner's not answering, which vet do I take him to? What takes their insurance? Um, I'll know what to do and I have the supplies to do it. Um, and that I feel like also adds a level of trust and comfort for the families that I work with. Um, and it's just, I think it's, I think it's much more rewarding, um, you know, because especially like even as a vet tech, you know, you're dealing with these families on their worst day yeah. versus now you're dealing, now I'm dealing with these families who are excited for their trip, just big question mark on what the heck they're doing for pet care. And you get to see their face light up of like, great, I have this awesome trip. Everything's dealt with. I know my pet's in a good place. So let's just go enjoy. You know, there's not that level of also sadness attached to the rewardingness of it. Um, and that's also what I love about it. Yeah, because now you can get personal on a whole different level instead of right. personal, like helping basically coach and and be there to help them mourn and go through the trauma experience and right. go through those stages of grief. You're helping them in an elated process and also calming those fears and letting them know, hey, if something does happen, here's what I do. Here's how I'm going to handle that. But it right. allows it just changes that dynamic of that relationship entirely. Right. Exactly. I love it. Absolutely <laughs> love it. Well, and, and it, is a, it is that is part of kind of the emergency preparedness that a lot of us think about of one, it's, it's yeah, having the tools, the resources around us, but it is also very much a, a mindset shift that we have to have on, right? We, we have to have the proper mindset for those situations. It's not just having a, a pet first aid kit in our car. We don't just have to know how to use it, but we have to be mentally able and ready and prepared to use it and to think clearly in those and set those emotions aside and that's an aspect where you know we don't we don't get to practice that right we don't get to practice those right. we, we we practice in all these great scenarios in our homes or online watching a training or going to an in person thing but we but getting able to practice in the moment is not something that most of us do right so it, it so it is it is hard to be prepared for those situations of knowing exactly how i personally am going to react Right. It's, it's very different to think about how you would be. It's like being in fight or flight. Like if you were to, you know, if something crazy were to happen to you, like you, you know, God forbid you're abducted. Like you could sit here and say, this is how I would respond. I would know to do this. I've watched enough TV. I've done research. <laughs> but when you are in that moment, you have no idea how your body and mind are going to respond. Um, especially in an emergency situation because your body's instinct is fight or flight. And in a, yeah. for a lot of people, that's freeze. And you have no idea what the hell you're doing. I mean, <laughs> it's hard. So, so exactly. So having that component of that doesn't really go off for me anymore. Obviously that alarm of, Hey, this animal needs help goes off. But that sense of like, I need to panic and shut down and I have no idea what to do. That never happens for me anymore. So I, you know, that's why a lot of, I get a lot of senior dogs. I get a lot of, um, epilepsy ridden dogs. I get a lot of, um, you know, puppies, that just recovered from worms or, or different kinds of things just that are, are of more high risk of a medical issue. Um, because they read on my website that I do have the vet tech background and license. Um, mm. so it, it provides of like, okay, like if something were to happen, you know, this dog is 16 years old, 
you know, I'd rather her go to Athena's than some kennel where if something were to happen, they probably wouldn't notice for a good amount of hours. Um, in which case it's just far too late. And then we're across the country and it's just, you know, so, um, so I love having that, that component added to it for the families. I've, you know, I love it. Yeah, it's again. It's a reminder of doing the skills one time is one thing, but then going in order for me to like again that, that, that fight or flight response is, is huge. Of going, not just do I have to combat that, but I have to do something against the grain of what my body is telling me to do. Right. Uh, and right. so that's where the, the training, the rehearsal, the practice comes in. So that when your brain starts to go, you can yeah. you can focus on. I, I know what I do because I've practiced this. I might not have, you know, practiced for this exact scenario, but my hands know what to do. My body is going through the motions to right. get this accomplished. And that's not something that we can take for granted of, yeah, oh, I did that course one time. I don't need to worry yeah. about it anymore. I got it on my website, but like, okay, you no, know, practice those skills. I've lived it. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Every, every day for, for almost three years. So it's, yeah, it's, it's a very, it's, it's an important piece to it. I I think, I think, you know, either way, whether you have medical background or not, you can, you're, you could be the most valuable pet sitter there is. I mean, there's, it doesn't like, I think it's just a good addition, although it's not like a make or break. I, I, I've found that it's, it's, it's helped me a lot gain the trust of, of families because, you know, like for reasons I said, you know, whether it's a senior dog or, or something like that. Um, I think it's a great addition. I've, I've really enjoyed instilling that into my bookings and there's been times where I've had to, and, um, hasn't steered me wrong so far. So I'm, I'm, I'm really glad that I can provide that for the families, that, that sense of comfort. Uh, Cause you never know stuff happens. Now, is that something that you intentionally bring up during a, a conversation with a client or do you wait to see, are they concerned? Right. Cause I, I was doing a meeting yeah. a couple of days ago and the, the, the person was like, so tell me about, you know, what, what, what if, right. And everything was going swimmingly until she started to think of some trauma or some some the worst right. case scenarios it's like oh, okay we got to switch over and, and tackle this do, do you wait for right. those moments or do you try to get ahead of those a little bit no i definitely wait for those moments i mean it's on my website so if they found me through there then you know it's in my instagram bio so they they definitely know it probably before the meet and greet anyway but it's not something that um my main focus is being a pet sitter um you know my vet tech experiences in the past it obviously still applies to when i'm pet sitting if it has to um but it's not i like to focus on the current and you know what they need from me in that moment mm. but like you said if they ask like hey you know cuz there's a, a a thousand times that they say you know my dog does need medication um like are you comfortable doing that and i'm like am i comfortable that's my life so it, <laughs> it, it does come up like all the time um, no. but not on an intentional basis, it's more of just like, Hey, are you comfortable with this? And it's me saying, yeah, this is actually my experience. If you're interested to learn more about that too. And that's yeah. kind of how that conversation gets going, but it's yeah, usually yeah. more casual way. I, I think it is. I think that's a really great approach instead of coming up basically, you know, yeah. I, I always, because I, I had tried to do that of like, but it always feels like you're just kicking down the door and be like, Hey, did you right. think of these, these hundred terrible things that could right. happen? No. Well now you have a good night. Right. It's like, exactly. Like, but part, yeah, it's like, okay, well let's, let's ease into this and, and build that relationship as right. we move forward. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that is too freaking funny. Yeah. That's so true. So true. I, I don't know. I think like, like I said, I think it's important to, you know, I think experience is great. Um, but right now I'm so focused on building this pet sitting world 
And I think, I think a lot of the time too, like I've gotten a lot of questions of like, well, if it was so rewarding, like, why don't you still do that? And then I have to get into that conversation of like all the reasons that I stopped being a vet tech. And then they'll, you know, they could sit back and think, then why are you still in pet care? That sounds horrific. And like, you know, so then I feel like it would just bring up more questions if I started with that, Mm -hmm. you know, and then, and I also don't want it to sound like, yeah, I'm only a pet sitter because being a tech didn't work out. Like, I think that's a Mm -hmm. huge other reason that I don't really lead on like that because the reason I am not a tech is because I fell in love with pet sitting. I started pet sitting, um, to pay my way through vet tech school. And once vet tech school ended, I had built such an amazing clientele that I just never went back. And I mean, I've been here since. So, um, you know, unless I start with that, it can sound very misguided and very misleading. Um, so I just try to avoid it until it comes up and they're like, Hey, do you have that experience or are you comfortable with this? And then if it, it's applicable, then that's where I kind of get into it. Yeah. Yeah. And it's definitely that, that, that positioning, that transition, it is hard to tell our stories, isn't it? It's, right. it's because we, it's not that we're trying to be disingenuous, but we have our own reasons. And at the end of the day, we don't need to be explaining all of our life decisions to right. our clients before us. It's like, right. look, this is me now. This is the skills I have. This is how I can serve you best. This is what I love. Right. Okay, right. Like, and, let, and just letting that represent itself instead of having to feel like we have to justify everything right. up until that point. Right. Exactly. Definitely. Have you heard of Time to Pet? Chris Ann from Raining Cats and Dogs has this to say. Becoming a Time to Pet client has been a game changer for us. We can give our pet services clients real-time, cloud-based information they never imagined they'd be interested in. And most importantly, to me personally, I can better manage my company and look forward to more. And not a small thing, Time to Pet is responsive to my request for new features and modifications to existing ones. If you're looking for new pet sitting software, give Time to Pet a try. Listeners of our show can save 50% off your first three months by visiting timetopet.com slash confession. Well, and I, I know you, because of your background and, and your experiences, you, you bring a lot to the table and, and you do have a part on your website and it's, it's, it's just labeled value and skills. Mm-hmm. And, and I love that you use the word value because that is something that just personally, it's it's hard to connect with of going, yeah, what value do I bring? What do I yeah. have? And so I was curious, how do you, how do you take your value or, or maybe I'll just start there. Did you, did you ever struggle with, with your personal value or what you were bringing to the table? Yeah. I mean, when I first started, I saw these, you know, and, and social media has a big aspect to do with it. I feel like it's so easy to judge ourselves and our value based on with, with living in such a social media riddled age. Um, I mean, everything is online. So when you look up, you know, where I started with, you know, three followers, one of them being my mom. And then I look on these Instagram pages. Yeah. Right. Like my biggest fan. And then I see these other Instagram pages, they have, you know, 10,000 followers and, you know, booked all the way till 2026. And I'm looking and I'm like, how am I? And, and I started to put my value into, well, I'm just like, you know, I'm from a very small town. I have only been doing at that point this for a few months versus these people who have been in this business for 30 years. They have hires, you know, they have employees, they have, you know, they're on Indeed, like these are these big people. And 
I started to really compare my value in that way of, I don't think I'll ever get that big. And I, it was very hard. Um, I did it, but it was very hard to transition that mindset into, but they started somewhere too. And that takes time and it takes patience and it takes hard work and it takes every single day waking up and choosing to do this regardless. Cause listen, you can love something, but creating this business, I mean, it's, you're putting a lot of time, a lot of energy, a lot of money into it. I mean, you have to, you can love it all you want, but you have to wake up every day with the intention of I'm going to continue doing this with all that I have for as long as it takes to get to where I want to be. And that's when I started seeing my value you more as not only a pet sitter, but as a person, because I saw the drive that I had, you know, I had to sit in the bank for seven hours on one day. I don't want to be in the bank for seven hours, but I sat there and, and I actually enjoyed every minute of it because I'm like, this is where this is going. Like I'm excited. This is exciting. And I, it just, it's been so rewarding. So I think the, I, I started seeing my value when I realized, okay, not only do I have this experience, but I have such a passion for just animals, just anything animal related. It is just my favorite thing. And it's, that's my family, my whole life, my friends, my family have called me the animal whisperer because even animals that would like go to bite my three ants would come and lick me. It was just, it's like a, it's like a joke in my family at this point. They're like the most vicious dogs don't even like look at me twice and they just like me. So not only do I have this passion, but this skill set, and then I also have the drive to make it the best I can for the owners, the best I can for the pets and, you know, do a good job in the process. So I, I really, I, I think it took me a little while, but I definitely got there to see that value in it for sure. I, I know you had mentioned, uh, you had some writings on your, on your website or maybe it was on social media. You had written, um, I've never seen my life any differently than having a career where my role was caretaking furry family members. Like that, yeah. that specificity there. And that's where a lot of us, find ourselves of no right. this is where my this is where my life is and it's it is going no no uh, there's there's no way I can I can not fail right because of of this and I'm going to do everything I can to see this through because this is where everything aligns and that's ex- exceptionally powerful to be able to say no I have skills I have passion I have drive will succeed basically. Yeah. 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 And I told my, my fiance, like when I was first opening it as an official LLC, he was, you know, he was realistic about it. He's like, listen, if you don't, it's a lot of money. If you're not making back what you're spending on now insurance and advertising marketing, if you're not making it back, it's going to be a money pit for you. And is that something you're willing to do? I said, yeah, I'm willing to do that because I don't, it's not like, it's not about that for me. I just want to make it the most comfortable and I want to make it the most, you know, the most successful that it can be. And there's, like I said, in, in that paragraph that you just read, there's no other way that I'd see my life and I'm, and I'm going to keep doing it until it gets to exactly where I see it going, no matter what that takes. And because I just love it that much, there's mm-hmm. just, it's not even a, a question. And before it even became relatively, I, I'd say it's been pretty successful so far, but 
you know, before it became that I was, you know, I, I, I went months without booking anything. It would be, you know, one booking in December and then not another till March or April. There's still bills coming in, in January and February. Like yeah, they don't stop stop just because you didn't make a booking, but that was a risk that I took because, you know, I could have easily hopped off the gigs and just, you know, went and got a nine to five with, with the experience that I do have, I could have went back and I, I saw, like you said, I saw it through until it worked. And it absolutely did with with the time and patience for sure. And, and that, that 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 finding our confidence in ourselves, right? The getting back to that that where does our value come from? Is we at some point we have to connect with ourselves again and, yeah. and really look at who who we are, right? I don't know if you ever had that moment of of where you're staring at yourself like in the mirror and you're and yeah. you're like, oh my gosh, like who is that person? And like, do I am I okay with who that person is, where we are today and, and yeah. how we're doing? And going, can I at the end of the day, so can I love that person that's staring back at me? And yeah. then I can take my confidence forward. But it does start with us because when we're in the meet and greets, when we're sitting in the bank for seven hours, it's like I'm not here because I want to be here, but I'm here because I'm choosing to be here because I see that there's an end goal here. Yeah. And it, it right and it's it's understanding that 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 we ourselves like going I I have I have value and and I'm worth it and I'm worth I'm worth the hard work basically yeah yeah and it's it's hard too because it feels almost like cocky and you don't want to feel like that like there's that fine line of like when am I asserting my value to these families and telling them I am the right person because I know what I bring versus I just sound like a tool like <laughs> shut up. Like it, now you're just annoying because we get it. You love what you do, you know? So then that yeah. also creates like, especially for someone like I'm very young, like I have my fair share of anxiety. So of course I start overthinking and I'm like, oh my God, I just sounded so like annoying and cocky and bratty and I mm. never want to see anyone ever again. So it's like finding that other line of like, where is that dunzo point of Okay, stop. We get it. You know <laughs> where where does um, the period go in my sentence? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. So <laughs> it's hard, but yeah, it's all it's all confidence, and I feel like a lot of it's fake until you make it too. Like even if you don't feel as confident that you're going to succeed, a lot of it is just like, well, keep doing it. Pretend you're doing good. Eventually, you're going to. You know, mm-hmm. it it really is. It sounds so dumb, but fake it till you make it helped me a lot. Yeah, well, because when you are in that, when you are faced with that client, that prospective client who has those fears, who has those anxieties that you know, deep down you can solve, like you are a good fit for them. But if we feel bad about ourselves, if we are questioning our, our business, uh, you know, the perspectives of what's going on, if we feel insecure walking into that, that it's, it's harder to connect with the client's pain points and, and speak to them because instead of going, I I've got this, right? I hear the I hear the frustration in your voice. I hear the concern that you have about how your pet's going to do while you're away, and they just started insulin. Instead of being to step in and confidently hold that hand, proverbially, or you know, going or maybe yeah. literally, whatever you do, going, it's going to be okay. If we're like, hey, you know, it's probably going to be fine. Like that doesn't quite have the same effect. <laughs> the same effect, yeah. <laughs> Definitely. Definitely. It's, it's a lot of it's confidence. If you, like you said, if you show that owner that, listen, this is what I know I'm meant to do and I'm going to do anything I can to make sure that it's most comfortable for you, your pet and me all in one, which is hard. Um, but if you show them that you can do that and you want to do that, 
not only can you, but do you truly want to be in this house right now for 15 days, you know, and, and, and finding that person that does want to do it and will do anything to make it the best for you and your pets. Um, you know, that's a lot of, it's a lot of, you need a lot of confidence to be able to, to, to communicate that. Um, Mm. you know, even if you feel that way, it's hard to speak that because then you're sitting there for an hour just talking about your passion that they didn't ask for. They're asking, (laughs) what are you going to do while you're here? So, Um, so yeah, it's, it, and it, a lot of it's trial and error and a lot of it's just over time, which is practice makes perfect. The more meet and greets you do. I remember the first meet and greet I ever did. I, they probably thought I, I was off my rocker because I sounded, I had no idea what I was talking about. I knew I was in the right place and what I was doing, but it's nothing like if I were to go to a meet and greet in an hour, you know, it just takes time and practice. Yeah. And that, that can be incredibly frustrating, Athena of going, I'm supposed to be here but I don't know what I'm doing, right? That's yeah. honestly, that's the story of my life every single day of like, of no, I'm supposed to be here and it's, but it's hard, right? And I don't know what I'm doing and I'm confused and there's a lot happening that it's beyond my scope and understanding, but gosh, yeah. I can't. But I know see- I can do it. Yes. Yeah. It, yeah. And that's, that, it, that can be an incredibly frustrating time until we get that experience to catch up with that passion and that thing. And then we can start really seeing a lot of the things paying off. And a lot of times we, we quit just before right. we get to that point. Right. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. You can't get discouraged. I mean, it takes, takes time, especially cause it's so, uh, like you guys have talked about, I've, you know, I've listened to a bunch of your podcast episode and it's so competitive, so competitive. And especially right now, this day and age, I feel like there's a lot of entrepreneurs and business owners and people opening up their own stores and shops and cafes. And, um, so it's definitely very competitive in that aspect of, you know, not only do I have to sell what I believe, but, you know, now I have to compete with the 10 other people she just interviewed. And, you know, that it's, it's something that adds more of that pressure when you're going into the meet and greet, because you know, you're just an option and there's 10 more of you where that comes from. So now you not only have to sell originally what you do, but now how much you love it. And also now that why you're the better suit versus the 20 other people that are going to come up when they Google pet sitting. Um, um, in your area. So it, it's a lot, but again, like it takes, and you know, it, it just takes practice and time and getting to learn more about yourself. And, you know, yeah, you could, I, I love pet sitting, but I really, before I went into these meet and greets, I had to figure out, I need to find the perfect way to explain. Yes. They know I love pet sitting, hence why I do it. But mm. why am I actually here? Like why what makes that love so strong that this is my life? And to be able to communicate that without talking their ear off is, is a challenge, but it takes time and practice and just doing it over and over and over again. Yeah. You had mentioned earlier, you had said this phrase of, of um, not only can I do it, but do, do I want to do it, right? Do I want to be in this house for the next 15 days? And I, I don't know if you've ever had a client like, apologize to you for them asking things and it and at first i thought like why like you're paying me to be here like why do you like because they they view it as such a burden and you're right we have to convince themselves of like of genuine and this is where a lot of that personal attention comes from of like oh i want my attention to my, my my business to be personal how do we make that happen no client sally whoever you know john john i i want to be nowhere else than here with Baxter. Right. Because I believe in this so much. That's an exceptionally powerful thing to convey right. to somebody. 
of no, no, you're not a burden here. It's not that that I I, I have to be here. I want to be here. This is yeah. where I need to be. And that's, that is definitely that personally, that's a mindset change that I have to make a lot of times of like, yeah. oh gosh, here's another, ah, but it's also convincing somebody. So other times too, of like, oh no, this person genuinely is happy to show up and scoop the poop. You're like, yes. Yeah. I am. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. As weird as it sounds, I, I wouldn't be doing anything else right now. Um, yeah, it definitely. I mean, I mean, you hit the nail on the head for sure. It's, I found, especially like younger generations, I feel like we're so full of like people pleasing. And I found that like so many people struggle with that. And I, as I got older, I realized I started to struggle with that. So, you know, when I, when I, like you said, when a client says, you know, listen, I'm, I'm sorry, she does take these medications. I'm like, why? you're keeping her alive. Why are you apologizing for keeping your baby alive? Like that is a beautiful thing that is this, there's some morbid people out there that'll see a sick dog and throw it in a shelter because they don't want to deal with it. Don't apologize for doing the best you can for your dog. And I am happy to continue to do that while you're not here mm. because I want to also keep this dog alive because I love him too. Yeah. So it's, yeah, is is just, I feel sorry for the people that feel like it's it's a burden because, you know, yeah, it, it uproots your whole schedule when you have a, a, a booking that's, you know, I've had a, I've had 26 day bookings where I was away from my house for 26 days. Oh. And, you know, I have pets of my own. I have friends. I have a fiance, my mom, you know, so those are things that are, were also really hard at first to adjust of being away from them. And, but if, if I didn't want to do it, I would have said, no, I saw 26 days from before I even came to this meet and greet, let alone booked with you. So it goes to show how much I really do love it for what I'm sacrificing doing it, you know? Well, I know scheduling is, is a, is a big, almost, I'm not going to say headache, right? It's, it's a big thing that we have to do, right? Or maybe I'll, I'll go ahead and say headache, right? It's, it's, it's yeah. it is a chore that we get to do, I guess. Uh, but like, how, how do you navigate that with, with your, cause I know you offer a wide variety of services and, yeah. and then also still having a life outside of this and making sure that you aren't burning yourself out. Yeah, I I definitely struggled at first with that. I I burnt myself to a crisp. I mean, I didn't see a friend, one friend for a five month period um over the winter. I mean, I did nothing besides work. And for someone who was at the time, I want to say I was 21, um, I was I, I had to really sit back and and reflect and and be like, this is not this is not okay. Like I had a, I had a problem with saying no. Um, and I had a problem with declining people because I didn't want them to not come back to me in the future. And I didn't want them to think that I didn't take it seriously. But then I also have to remember, like, I am a pet sitter for people that are booking trips that are going out with their friends, going out with their families, leaving for the holidays. I'm like, so why, if this is my job, why aren't I allowed to take that time to go away with my family, see my friends, have a night out? Why am I working for people that do that, but I'm not allowed to? So that was very hard to navigate, but I had to say that to myself a few times and, and come to that realization because I all of a sudden realized my life was just work and, and work alone, especially, you know, and it's also very hard when you, you know, if I have, you know, for example, I have Skittles boarding here. If I get an offer to go house it this weekend, um, I found it very hard at first to say no. 
and there would be parts of me like trying to finagle. Well, I can split it. I could, I can't do the first two nights, but I could do the first three nights if you can find coverage for the first. And I'm like, Athena, stop. Like you're not there. You're not going to end their world. Like just, you know, you can say no. And because I, I burnt, I mean, I burnt. So I think I'm a lot better at it now. Um, but it's like you said, it is a headache. It's especially cause there's such a need and especially during the holiday season. I mean, I love it. Um, like right now I'm jam packed and I wouldn't change it for the world, but it's definitely hard to navigate. Cause you know, it is the holiday season. I want to be with my fiance. I want to see my mom. I want to go to the city, to Rockefeller center. I want to do all those stupid touristy things <laughs> that everyone loves. I want to do it, but, um, yeah. You know what? It's not even about what's more important, but it's just finding that good balance in your life, um, that work to life balance. And I feel like you would think we'd be so much better at it, especially for me, like as a business owner, like technically, yes, I am my own boss. I can make my own hours and I can say no when I want. So you'd think my work to life balance ratio would be significantly better than it is, but it's not um, because it is just me in it. So I can't can't just take off. It's never going to stop coming in. Um, yeah. So I think you just have to work on being intentional of looking at your calendar and saying, by this time, I'll have done six bookings in a row. I deserve a five-day break. So don't book anything. So I chunk out that time in my calendar and I leave that to me, whether that's sitting and rotting on my couch and binging One Tree Hill for five days, or oh. that's going on a trip with Hunter. I get to choose what I do in that time. and. I won't book a thing. So I think being intentional about my time and breaks in between has been really helpful, not burning out again. Nathan Scott, tell you what, you know, uh, (laughs) I love him. (laughs) Love him. I'm so happy you said that. (laughs) (laughs) It is because we, we do struggle with that guilt because we do have that passion again, see previous, you know, 20 minutes about, the, the passion and why that's so right. important to to connect with, and then and then we expect ourselves to say no, like it's easy, right. like when we 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 only singularly want to be here with this one dog or this one cat. You want me to say right. no to that? Are you crazy? And the answer is yes, because if you don't say no to this, you might not be able to show up the next day because right. there's nothing more of you left. Right, and, and if I'm burnt out from too many bookings at once, yeah, it might slow down, and I only have. You know, if I just gave myself a crazy morning of way too much than what my time can handle, I'm going to come home to Skittles and not have the energy to go take her outside and play fetch for an hour like mm-hmm. she does every day. I might not remember, hey, she needs her 10 o'clock medication or her vitamin. You know, I might not, like you said, I won't be able to show up for who I'm showing up for in 100% accuracy and 100% energy that I want to be showing up with. Um, and that's where it gets, you, you really have to make that line because then you're just half, you know, half butting every single thing you do. You know, I'm showing up at a 40, 50% because I couldn't say no versus, yeah, I have, you know, a few less jobs today, but every single one of them, I can give a hundred percent because I give myself that grace and that space of not doing too much at once. Um, and, and I think that is so much more beneficial than just I think it really is. That's where quality versus quantity comes in. Yeah. For sure. 
Well, and recognizing that it's not just scheduling for the business, it's scheduling everything, right? As you yeah. mentioned, like there's a, there's life outside of that. That's important. That is, I'm that getting is, married in April, right. you know, and I, I dove so deep into planning, opening this business and maintaining the business that I'm like, how did we go from 10 to five months until my wedding? Like <laughs> I'm not finished planning, but I've dove so deep into work that I forgot that I have this whole other thing to, to finish up and do. <laughs> so like, how do you just not remember that? So yeah, yeah definitely. I mean, real life is never going to stop. So for sure, you're you're right about that. <laughs> well, so how how are you handling that that you know that time with your with your clients? And uh, you know, are you I guess pre-announcing that or just blocking time off and saying no? Or you know, what's that look that process look like planning for that? Um, for the wedding, you mean? Yeah. Yeah. Congratulations, so, by the way. Thank you. So yeah, I mean, I um I just block it off in my calendar and make sure like the week of I book nothing. I don't want any other responsibilities that week except for to get married. And, um, but I do plan on like on social media, I I think in December, I'll probably say, Hey, listen, there's this week in April getting married. Love you all. (laughs) Don't hit me up. (laughs) I will be stressed enough. (laughs) So, um, I actually have gotten requests for like the week before. And, um, this one person asked me for the week before and I had said, yes, absolutely. But as long as I am home by Friday, because Monday, my wedding wedding week starts and family's going to be flying in and out. I just, I absolutely need to be home by that time. Because sometimes, you know, they extend the trip or flights get delayed and, you know, especially nowadays. So I'm like, as long as I am home latest Sunday, yeah. <laughs> I will absolutely, I'm happy to do it. But yeah, so I'll probably just make an announcement on Instagram, just, you know, but I, I don't think I need to mention it until I get asked for it. Um, cause I'm like, oh yeah, you need January. Cool. By the way, April, like, <laughs> what is the, why? Like why? Right. Well, and especially if you're not getting requests that far out, it is that right. fine balance between like, look, if I communicate this now, this early, no matter what it is in our business, right? This is just a principle of like, there is such a thing as communicating change or something too early where right. it's so far out. People are like, I don't know, whatever. <laughs> cool. Like, and it, and then you'll just have to take like, like obnoxiously repeat it versus, okay, let me wait a little bit longer. It's more relevant in a time scale that works for them where they're actually thinking that far ahead as opposed to six or five months out. A lot of people aren't there. So going. And then you make an Instagram post and, but then it, it, you know, it's November, the wedding's not till April. So I'll post it, but then I'll post hundreds of other things after that. And then the post is just gone. So they're, I'm like, yeah, I post on Instagram. They're like, when last year, like I didn't, I don't remember, like there's, I don't see it. So, you know, you have to kind of, that's another thing. I think just kind of have to be careful with how you, when you announce things, how you announce them and making sure that, you know, as many people see it as possible, whatever the announcement is, um, and just doing it in in a timely manner that is enough time in advance to make plan B happen, Mm -hmm. but, but not too much time in advance where they miss it and they completely forget about it. Yeah. It's kind of like an invitation, like a like literally a wedding invitation, like when is too early but when is too late kind of thing. <laughs> yes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so, actually very very apropos for, for the discussion yeah. that we're having. <laughs> full, full circle moment. Did you know that NAPS, the National Association of Professional Pet Sitters, is the only national nonprofit professional pet sitting association dedicated to raising and abiding by industry standards? 
NAPS provides pet sitters with the tools and resources to own and operate successful pet sitting businesses. And a major part of that is their in-person pet sitting conference this year, March 1st through 3rd, the Bloom and Grow Your Business held in Savannah, Georgia. Their goal is to bring together industry leaders with session topics that are idea-focused and on a wide range of subjects to foster learning, inspiration, and provoke conversations that truly matter. Registration is still open. If you can believe it or not, it is $225 to attend. Visit NAP's website at petsitters.org for information regarding the membership, certification, and complete conference details. I know you're really you're really active on on Instagram. Uh, is, is that where you find a lot of engagement with potential clients, or how are you using that? Yeah i I like to use it just to post cute pictures. Um, I don't know i I've gotten i I want to say like half um, like half of maybe like forty percent of the bookings I get are through Instagram. Like they'll find me on Instagram or they'll DM me on Instagram. Um, or they'll message me on my website and say like, Hey, I saw your Instagram post." Like, um, but yeah, I don't know. I, I, I enjoy it. I, I love taking pictures and uh, like, especially of the pets and me with the pets and pets doing something cute. I just, and then I just have all this cute media that I have nowhere to put. So I'm like, I could either make a thousand page gallery on my website that people are not going to take the time to scroll through, or I can post one at a time, give people time to see it, love it, enjoy it, talk with their spouses about, hey, do we want to use this girl? She looks like she's having fun with this dog. And then I'll post the next one and let that digest. And um, that's definitely how I use it too. Even like announcements, if I'm doing a sale or a, you know, if I'm free a specific block of time that I haven't booked yet, make sure you grab those. Um, I think Instagram is so popular. Same with TikTok. Um, I found TikTok to be way more popular, but I prefer Instagram. Okay. Well, I, yeah. I know you've you posted a recent uh, uh, announcement of a, a cool partnership that you mm-hmm. have um, with a with a with a puppies and tattoos dog grooming thing. Yeah. Talk, talk to me about how that relationship started. Yeah. So I had um, I have a lot of friends and family who. Um, bring their dogs to that place to get groomed. And so I was, I, you know, when I really started like engaging into my Instagram more and like trying to grow it, um, I followed them on Instagram and I was like, why am I not like, I want to be able to give, especially during the holiday season. It's so everything's so expensive between dinners and travels and flights. And, you know, in these winter months, it gets so expensive and people are always looking for ways to save money or get something in return for what they're paying. And I just wanted to give more and I wanted, you know, I could easily be cheap or I can be, or reasonable, I should say, or I can be reasonable and still offer an extra emphasis of how much I appreciate you booking with me and how much I appreciate you trusting me. And so I'm like, what could I do? So then I'm like, why don't I offer, if it's like seven plus days of a service, I offer a free groom. And I feel like that was such a good way to give back because grooming has gotten so expensive, so many different places. Um, so I was like, let me think about who I can ask to partner with. And I thought of puppies and tattoos because I have heard amazing things about them. I've brought dogs there in and out myself, never mind, because mine only gets groomed like once every six months. He like barely grows hair. Um, so all of my, but all my friends and family love them. So I'm like, let me ask him. Like, he's awesome. I love this guy. 
So I DM'd him and I'm like, listen, do you want to, do you want to do this with me? Like, I, I think it'd be a great way to give back during the holidays, get some exposure for you, for me, et cetera. And, uh, he was like, hell yeah, like let's, let's do it. And, uh, <laughs> you know, he made a little Instagram post and, and since then we've been in pretty much daily communication. Um, and it's gone great. It's gone absolutely great. And I think because they trust me as the pet sitter, like people don't even ask, like, what grooming shop is it? I want to call. Like, they're just like, I trust you. Just bring my dog. Like, mm. have fun. Um, so that feels really cool that they don't mm. even, like, half the time, they don't even ask who the person is grooming their dog. They're just like, well, it's you. So I assume you wouldn't send my dog somewhere terrible, right. um, which feels really nice. Well, and what a great time to run that too, going into the holidays where people are booking longer trips, right? right? It encourages them to book. It is a bit of an extra perk. And so is that something that you are, I guess, are, are you paying for portions of that or kind of how does I that? Pay, I pay for the whole grooming. Okay. Myself. Yeah. yeah. So um, as long as they book seven plus days of consecutive days of any service, it could be seven days of just drop in walks, you know, for 30 minutes. Um, as long as it is a seven plus day of like a consecutive service, I treat them to grooming. I pick up the dog, I drop off the dog, I'll send pictures. Um, and the whole thing is on me or on pet sitting by Athena, I should say. So, um, yeah, that, that personal business distinction. Yeah, no. Good job. Good job. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, so yeah, I mean, it, it just feels really special because I, listen, I think especially right now we're living in a really hard time financially. Um, and it's, it's a lot for people. I mean, even for me, like just to bring my dog grooming or just to bring my dog to the vet, you're, you're spending so much money. Um, on top of, you know, I want to take my family on a nice trip to Disney for the winter. Now I got to pay for Disney. I got to pay for flights that have tripled in the last five years. Now I got to pay for a hotel, which has doubled in the last five years. You know, now I have to pay for a pet sitter, which is, I think a lot of people are, are extremely overpriced, um, without, you know, trying to sound terrible. Um, so it's a lot of money. So I I love getting opportunities and like building these partnerships and ways to not, I don't want to sound corny and saying like, give back, but just kind of offer some sort of kind gesture and relief. Um, not even in a way of like, oh, like I do this for you, you do this for me, like boom, we're even. Just yeah. in a way of like, I'm going to show you how much I appreciate you and I'm going to do something really nice for you because I know how hard all of this probably was and how expensive all of this was. Let something be my treat. Like, mm-hmm. let me treat you to just something that you don't have to worry about when you get back home. Yeah. Um, and that's kind of where I wanted to go with that. And it's it's gone great since especially when you're able to partner with another local business and drive exposure to build that community with them. Because when we do look for ways to, how do I, how do I expand or or maintain my business through unstable or, you know, or, you know, very costly economies, it's, it's okay. I need to increase, increase my value add, my value proposition to my clients. And, and sometimes, you know, without, you know, decreasing my prices, that's a, that's a fine line to walk of going, okay, I don't want to decrease prices because I I do need them because I have my own bills, right? Like we talked about, I have my own things to pay for. So what things can I do that are maybe non-monetary or whatever ways to, to, to give back or make this more of a value? you to them. Right. And and especially hooking it to those extended visits. That's where you start to be able to do things like this. Like if you would have done this of like, yeah, free room when you book a walk, it's like, ah. Now I'm just 
what, what? Yeah. no that they, we can't, you just can't that's that's not financially feasible for for right. you like you would make nothing and you make right. less than nothing actually so um, <laughs> so being able to go okay by the time we have these long bookings I do have this takes us knowing our numbers right and knowing what we need and what business expenses are and all these things going okay what do I have left over to make this actually work for this client if that's something that right. they want and knowing that you know I'm sure not every client takes you up on it but the offer is there so you do get a little leeway with that as well right exactly it's and it's funny because i found like like you said not every client takes it but like you also have to really be careful financially like you said because you know some people they have two or three dogs that i'm watching so yeah, you get the free groom, but I'm paying for three of them plus tip, you know, plus, you know, then right when that booking ends, I'm going to get an insurance quote, you know, bill, I'm going to get, you know, I got to pay for more advertising. And so you have to make sure like, am I getting out as much or if not more as I'm putting in, but still being able to give back and offer these discounts deals or, or free things because I, because I care about these people. So it's like finding that balance of like, Am I doing more for them than I'm doing for myself versus where is it an equilibrium of both of us are profiting, both of us are gaining, and both of us are very happy and satisfied yeah. of finding that equal measure is is very hard. So I did have to sit with it for for like about a month and and really write out monthly expensive expenses, numbers, profits, losses, and figure out what can I offer in the best way. Make sure I don't go underwater, but make sure it's something that people want to grab. Yeah, well, and and two, can this scale, right? Okay, maybe I can do this one time. Can I do this a right. hundred times, right? Can I do right. this? Like, because that's one of when we think about things like this, it's like, okay, if in the best case scenario this blows up beyond our right. wildest dreams, is it is that going to bury us because yeah. we can't we can't keep up with what's happening here? So, also maintaining some sort of realism of like, okay, what's the what's the constraints on this, right? And like, where do I stop? Like, so that's why we made an announcement, like he worded it in the caption of like this holiday season. So yes. like kind of giving that exposure of like, eventually this will end, yeah. um, grab it while you can, but it's not like, you know, if I, if you know, I, some, some dogs I've been watching, I've been, or cats, I've been watching them for three plus years. Like my, some of my first clients are still my clients. So what, every time they book with me, they're going to get a free, where would that put me? If they get a free groom every single time. Um, yeah. So it's yeah, you really have to to weigh out what you're doing with that before you do something like that. It's not all complicated, but it's definitely something to consider and you really have to think about it before expanding that horizon for sure. Well, and I I just I, I think it's it's great that that the partnerships there because a lot of us look to, oh, well, maybe if they book 7 days, I'll throw in a free walk or if they book 7 days, I'll do this other thing. But by partnering with somebody, it makes it re- it, it it changes that of right. Of really does of of exactly what you're proposing. I I feel yeah. like it, and it, it makes it a much bigger thing as well. Right, right, yeah, definitely, yeah. I also do like a if you are referred by a friend or like if you refer a friend, then you get um, like 24 hours of service free. So like I get texts all the time of you know, hey, my friend. Sally texted me. She gave me your number. She said, you're great with her dog. Um, you know, in that case, I would text Sally and be like, Hey, I heard you referred John. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, if you'd like a free walk next time I walk nugget, 
I'd be more than happy, you know, because I really, I appreciate what you're doing for me and, and for the business. Um, so yeah. And it, and it, I feel like it also brings that, that personal level to it even more because I, I don't know, I, I feel like I, I'm just able to do something for them because I'm very adamant about, I guess just keeping, like I've said this whole time, just that personal relationship. And I feel like there's nothing more personable or personal than being able to say like, yeah, I, I can give you this back and then some, and I can, I can show you how much I care about you and your dog by offering you way more than I thought I could. Like, it's like being, I'm sure like a, like, um, like a father or a mother of like, you know, when people say like, I just want to give my kid the world and then some, like, that's how I feel as a business owner. And it sounds so corny, but that's truly how I feel. And so being able to weigh out like, damn, I can offer these people this. Like, I appreciate the fact that when you see your friends on a night out, you're mentioning the fact that Athena is with your dog and you love her. And that makes me feel so warm. So then, of course, in my head, I'm like, well, now, like, does she know that I love her? Like, how do I show her that I love her, too? So being able to find those ways to to show that, it, it's so special. And it takes running the business well. Again, I, I we have to bring it. It does have to take come back to that again. All the passion, all the love in the world is 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 great. But if you don't have a well run business, you don't have those those line items and didn't sit with it for a month or understand exactly what you were getting into. It's harder to to do that and do it well. If you're like, well, if my prices aren't set the way they are, if I don't have my budget set the way it is, I don't know what I can spend. I don't know what I can give back, and then I'm left going, well, I guess I just won't. Right. Because that's where a lot of yeah. us find ourselves of like, well, I don't know, so I won't. And yeah. instead of being able to go, no, what can I do? What's realistic for me? And yeah. then I'll do that. I can confidently do that. I the, Again, this confidence coming back in of going, I've looked at this stuff. I've looked at my business. I'm confident what I can do. And I right. know it's going to impact them. Right. Exactly. Yeah. It's a lot of thought. It's a lot of, it's a lot of thought. That's why like a lot of people are like, wow, you, you know, you watch dogs for a living. That's so fun. That must be so easy. Like you just get to be with puppies all day. I'm like, girl, I am drained. Like these are 16 hour days sometimes. Like these are 16, 17 hour days at most times. Like there have been times where I've went to bed at four in the morning and I'm up at eight for a booking yeah. and I'm working all day. Like it's a lot that goes into it that people don't know. You are the manager of a, of a brand. You are, you are doing advertising. You are running marketing. You are running three or four or five to 10 social media pages. You know, there's next door, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, um, Yelp, Google, you know, you're running ads for them. You're, you're, you're your own banker at some points. Cause then you got to weigh out. What did I spend today? What am I able to spend tomorrow without losing? What am I making tomorrow in profit from what jobs? Oh, now I have to confirm all those jobs. Okay. Let me text the owners. Let me finagle time. Like you're doing, then you're on top of all of that behind the scenes stuff. You're in the field actually working with sometimes not so easy of dogs. And you're still having to keep it professional, even though you are stressed out of your mind because you're tallying up numbers in the back of your mind that walk. Like there's so much that goes into it that people don't see. And if you don't have the head to make sure that you can show up for every component in the exact way that has to be done, it gets very hard, very fast. Show up for every component. 
Because yeah. a lot of times it's easy to go, well, I'm just going to disappear over here into the social media pages. I'm just going to disappear into the, the, the actual field work, right? I'm just going to yeah. disappear into the CPA. I'm just, but unless you're able to show up for all of them, right, wear, right. wear the hats well, right? They might not all fit exactly because they're not all right in our forte. That's, I've learned right. that about myself, right? The Me hat, too. Right? But the hat still has to go on my head at the end of the day. Right. And, and showing up going, nope, I'm going to wear this to the best that I can until I'm able to hopefully pass that off, delegate, do something different with that. But until that time comes, I need to be here. Right. And I need to be able to have the, the 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 boundaries in place, the the time off so that I can recharge watching One Tree Hill or whatever that is for you. Yeah. <laughs> going, yeah. going, this is beneficial to me because I can I don't have to think, I don't have to be on today. I can just be. And that that kind of of active work when we're not actually doing anything is critical to us being able to show up the next day and then the next day and be creative as well. Because like this partnership, if you were completely burned out, if you were stretched too thin, if you were going ragged, that never would have been something that you could have have, have thought of. But because you have space in your day, you can see these connections. You can think outside of the box when sometimes it's hard enough for me to just think on a given day, let alone creatively going. But that's part of the success of my business is my ability to do that. Right. Exactly. And I think like it it ties right back to that balance because you, you know, you, you can burn out so easily doing one job. You know, you're working a nine to five, nine to six, you burn out. You've been working so long. You've been working so hard, whatever. And there is no like discredibility to that. I mean, not trying to invalidate that in any way because I've been in the nine to five or the 10 PM to 8 AM in my case. And I've been there and it's burning just one job, but we're doing 10 to one person. You know, we're doing, we're doing 10, 11 jobs daily by ourselves all through this. And Mm -hmm. it's, 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 it's a challenge. I mean, if, 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 if I were to have opened this business two years ago, where I was two years ago, it would have flopped before it even left running. I think just because I was so burnt out from being a tech and, you know, if you had given me this idea and then shown me the ropes about it, I was have fun with that. I'm good over here. I'm not good, but I'll, I'll figure it out. You know, now I'm at a place in my life where I can confidently show up for those 10 roles daily. But if you're not at that point, you, you, you know, that's why I feel like I'm at a good transitional period into, into growing this finally, because I have that I'm not a tech anymore and I'm just focused on pet sitting, which is what I love. I don't have a family yet. I don't have kids. I have a fiance who all also works full time. So he does his own thing. And, um, you know, right now he's getting his master's degree and whatever. So we're, we're doing our own thing and we're still in that, you know, we're not in the, the annoying, like finding a home process or, you know, I'm planning on getting pregnant this year. What do I do with all my jobs? Like I'm not in those periods where I have to show up for like 20 more things than I would have to right now. Mm. Um, which is why I felt this was such a good time to dive into those 10 roles a day, because I have if I wasn't doing it, I wouldn't be doing anything. I have the time. So I felt like this was a good point to start that. So unless that's like my advice to people that like you, you know, unless you're at that point where you can show up for, you know, 10 responsibility, 10 different job requirements a day, like 10, you know, 10 to 15 people's roles by yourself, then it's just, it'll just become a really fast and failing money pit (laughs) that you cannot (laughs) 
get out of. <laughs> well, cause it is it is a commitment, isn't it? It yeah. is something of going, okay, I and and that's where a lot of us find ourselves going, I just wanted to take care of dogs. I, I just wanted yeah. to be with cats and what what are you talking about? What do I gotta do now? I gotta do what? It's going, yeah. well, in order for you to do that legitimately and and professionally and in an upstanding way. Here are things that we have to do. Now, everybody's going to manage them. They're going to take them on. They're going to tackle them and accomplish them in a unique and diversified way. And that's what's so wonderfully beautiful about being our own business owners is because we can go, oh, we all kind of generically have the same 10, 15 hats and roles, but we're all going to do them differently. And I absolutely love it. It's perfect because it fits our own personalities. But at the end of the day, we do have to do them. To get yeah. to the other work. And that's, right. that is a tension that many of us experience as we walk through. And, in, and and until we can embrace those and go, these are important. These are sometimes almost even more critically, mission critical to the success right. of my business than just doing a good dog walk. I and Until we reach that point, it's kind of hard to, 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 to progress well. Right. Yeah, Absolutely. Athena, I I really want to thank you so much for your time today and oh for coming God. on and <laughs> and talking with us about this and and encouraging us to dig deep and find that right and find those reserves of tackling those big things and embracing ourselves so that we can be confident in our own abilities to bring that to our clients and I, I think that's absolutely uh, if nothing else like that alone will help a lot of us understand that what we do is important, but to compare to others is going to be detrimental to us. And that's, that is something we have to work through. Um, so if people want to get in touch with you, follow along with your business, see all your adorable photos that you post on Instagram <laughs> and, and everything, uh, how best can they do that? Um, Instagram is, is the, is I think the be- one of the best ways that's just the business name pet sitting by Athena. Um, if you want to get in touch, you know, booking wise, that's bookings at petsittingbyathena.com, websites petsittingbyathena.com. I mean, if you Google pet sitting by Athena, there's gonna it's gonna lead you to 20 different apps and sites that are just all mine. So I, any one of those, it's so easy to get in touch, I feel like, in this modern technology world. So um yeah, pet sitting by Athena on really any form of social media should should absolutely lead you right to me. Okay, perfect. Well, I will have links to everything in the show notes. People can click right to that and start getting in touch, Athena. This was an absolute joy and pleasure. Thank you for taking time out of your busy day, Athena. Thank you. Yeah, you too. Thank you so much for having me. I, I really, I had a blast. It was very fun. Do you value you? Do you value your experience? Do you value your history? Who you are, your take on things, your personality? Do you value you? Really take a moment to sit with that and make sure that you understand what that answer means. See, I didn't ask what value do you bring to your clients, didn't ask to what value do you bring your community or to the pets or how do you serve them well. It starts with us. Before we can do anything for a client, before we can help anybody or serve a pet well, We have to value ourselves. That's where it starts. And when you see that your value stems from you being who you are, no more, no less, just exactly that perfect amount, it unlocks an immense power and confidence and forward momentum that will help you tackle over whatever comes your way. 
We want to thank today's sponsors, Time to Pet, and the National Association of Professional Pet Sitters for making today's show possible. We really want to thank you so much for listening and for being here and supporting the show. We hope you have a wonderful rest of your week, and we'll be back again soon. (laughs) Thank <laughs> you.